Hello, beautiful souls. We bring you conscious content filled with empowering information. Designed to align you with the fulfilling freedom of activated awareness. I am Rachel Alcyon. And I am Daniel Alcyon. Welcome to to the the Ecstatic Ecstatic Existence Existence Podcast. Welcome to part three of our epic Iceland adventure. This was a very unique series, a three-part exploration following our journey across Iceland. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't done it already, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to the first two so that you're all caught up, parts one and two of our journey. Uh, we drove Ring Road, so that is the whole perimeter of the island, and then we drove the central ring, which is the Golden Circle. And then when we left off uh, in part two, we had gone back out to a peninsula in kind of uh, southwest Iceland, Mm -hmm. all the way up to the tip and had an amazing experience. We'll pick up right where we left off. In this episode, we go spelunking. We do some cave exploration, and it's really cool. The uh, guide sings us a little song down Mm -hmm. in the cave with the trolls. Yep, and it's into total darkness and freezing cold temperatures. So yeah, come along for that. As well as it is time to wrap up our journey with the van. And so I have some pretty big feelings, all the feels about letting go of our home for over 10 days. And then we meet up with Gudni Gunnarsson, who is an amazing teacher and healer and motivational speaker. He's pretty much the Wayne Dyer of Iceland. So you're going to want to check that out. And there's a full episode with Gudni that is Presence is Power with Gudni Gunnarsson. Be sure to check that episode out as well. It's amazing. Then after meeting with Gudni, we had the really once-in-a-lifetime experience of attending elf school. Yeah, and the headmaster of the elf school is just out of this world outrageous, and he has his own episode as well, Magnus... Skarfedinson. Yeah, so be sure to check him out as well. And uh, Daniel got a tattoo. He got a little... I got a tattoo. Token. Yeah, a little token, token ink there in Reykjavik. You can hear all about that and hear about the tattoo that I got. We go to the Penis Museum. We follow that up with a really cool church experience. We go to the Performing Arts Center, Harpa. Harpa. Which is an architectural wonder. Mm-hmm. And then hear all about a huge protest that happened right outside. Our flat. Yeah, so hear how protests go down in Iceland. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You do know they fired their government and did all kinds of wonderful things. They so. jailed their bankers. Yep. Yep. We could take a few notes and tips on how to really show up big in the world and in integrity from Iceland. That's what this episode's really all about. So travel with us to the Land of Fire and Ice, Part 3, Iceland Adventure. What day is it? This is day nine? Oh my gosh, we've been in Iceland for nine days. (laughs) It's a gorgeous day outside. It's so nice. It's pleasant and um, not super cold. Today we went to Vatinsalir Cave. Shalir. Vatinsalir. Vatinsalir Cave. 
cave system. It's actually a lava tube. Yeah, and it's really cool. It is in a national park of a glacier that I won't even try to pronounce because I will sound foolish. Snaifelsjökull. And the entrance to the cave isn't all that spectacular. It's pretty small. They found it just by a depression. The top part of the whole cave system, the lava tube, the reason it is even called Vatinchelir, because that means water cave. Yeah, so the top part sort of fell in, and then local farmers would actually come and get their water there with the melting snow. It's kind of a long hike and a real pain in the ass. Over some real rough ground. Craggy. Crazy, craggy lava fields. It was just like a sprained ankle waiting to happen. Oh, or you could just like fall through the moss into a crevasse. Right, and never be found again. Yeah. Yeah, so they would bring all of their livestock, like their sheep and their... Icelandic horses up there to drink water, and then they would schlep all this water back to sustain them through the year because they didn't have any other water source. So it was like this ice melt. That would go down in the lava tube. Yeah, and then it wasn't until like the 1960s that they found the the rest of the lava tube cave because there's like three different chambers. Below the top below water chamber. Below the top water chamber yeah. that they weren't able to access until they started to build the road out there. So that's when they found it. And it's pretty neat. You actually enter through a spiral staircase. So they have this little thing about the size of a phone booth that they open up the door and they show you the map of the cave system and you're all outfitted with helmets and flashlights. And then uh, down you go into the earth. And you stop in the first room and talk all about that. And And there's still some daylight that kind of creeps into that first chamber. But then when you go into the second and the third chamber, there's... Uh, No light. Pitch black. Totally black. I tried to take a picture with my flash on, and it came out black. (laughs) (laughs) Like night. (laughs) I told her to just post that photo anyway and say, this is a photo of the inside of the cave. And it's just like a black screen. Nothing. Which, one of the most magical parts, actually, was when he had all of us turn off our flashlights and just listen to the music of the cave. And you could just hear little water droplets everywhere. And they'd hit you every once in a while. Yeah, it was so beautiful. Really peaceful. Um, down here in this cave, we always follow a little uh, ceremony. Do something fun. I turn off my lights, you do the same. Turn off all the lights, flashlights, camera lights, cell phone lights. Just, yeah, lights. Okay, yeah, that was quick, great. Uh, now, I want you guys to uh, close your eyes. Close your eyes for me. Open them again. Woo. What happens? Now, if you look behind you, you can see that Bowler and his tall friends have joined us <laughs> for this uh, special moment. Uh, there's a painting there on the wall to the left. Very beautiful. I can't see them. Uh, you can't see them? Oh, oh right. That's, uh, that's a shame. Uh, well, if, you, uh, if you close your eyes again for a second and open them, well, it's... Yeah, it's exactly the same. Uh, Just pitch black darkness. What we're going to do now is just going to listen to the music of the cave for a moment.
Ah, well, our child is, I'm sorry. <coughs> I'm supposed to be a professional, but it happens time to time. I'm sorry. Uh, well, this has been like this for roughly 8,000 years. Just the sound from the dripping water, no other sounds, no lights, no tourists, no tour guides, no flashlights, no helmets. Just like that for roughly 8,000 years. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Silent and dark, and just the sound of dripping water. If you shine your flashlights around up at the ceiling and stuff, you see this stuff glowing. It's glitter. It looks like glitter or like gold flecks all through the rocks. But it turns out that it's actually a super rare bacteria. Yeah, he had us all guessing, like, is it fool's gold or like mica or what could it be? Right. The troll's treasure. Right. But no, it was, it's this bacteria and... When you shine your light on it, one of its defense mechanisms is to reflect the light back out at you, so to preserve themselves. And so, they said it only grows literally in that cave. That well, species and in the of bacteria. Dark. And so if you were to shine your light on it for any extended amount of time, then they would die. Right. But so only in the dark reaches of that specific cave is this strain of bacteria. Glitter bomb bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we got to hear a lot about troll lore, which was really cool. Yep. And there were particular trolls in the area that this was the cave where they would come and have a party. Yep, they would have their meeting, mm -hmm. and then it would be followed by a big party. So yeah. this was basically like the troll thing. It was like the troll's version of the thing. Right. It was a thing. Down in the cave, yeah. And they would drink beer, and, and they tell this whole story about how this is where the... The head troll would sit. Balder. Balder, and he'd sit at his table, and then one time he got a little too drunk, and he stumbled and tipped over his table, and the beer spilled over. And so you can see this sort of waterfall of frothy white beer going down. Some people would call it calcium deposits. But, Some people would call it troll beer. Yeah. So it was fun to hear about the trolls, too. The meeting room, the party hall of the trolls. Uh, this right here, this was Paulus chair. He used to sit here, talk to all the other trolls. They sat down here on this wall. Just standing. About seven or eight of them. Uh, <coughs> we couldn't fit uh, any more of them here. Pretty, pretty big and massive trolls. Uh, but the stories only tell us the the low hat. <coughs> sorry, uh, they had their meetings down here. They did not tell us how they uh, how they got down here back out again. Uh, must have been pretty hard, I imagine, uh, squeezing through all these tiny tunnels there, mm -hmm. but well, somehow they did it, that's all we know, they had their meetings down here, and of course their parties afterwards, uh, cave rave and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he also just liked to sit here, uh, relaxing in his chair, eating his dinner, his lunch, uh, drinking his beer maybe, by his table. So Baldur's chair and Baldur's table. Then he just felt... Uh, uh, yeah, you can see what uh, happens uh, happened to his table here. Uh, must have been uh, a little bit too drunk, sort of uh, tripped over a little bit, and sort of spilled his beer all over his table. Here. So that's what you see here. The rest of this drink uh, spilled all over. Uh, it's a mess, but uh, if you don't believe in trolls, uh, this would most likely be calcium, the white color here. Uh, so trolls beer, trolls drink. Or calcium depends on what you guys want to believe. Yeah, we love all that stuff. And it was pretty fun. It was just great to like, you know, kind of talk with and connect with the local guides and the uh, business owner. It was awesome. His name was Thor. Yep. He was a badass. Yeah. 
<laughs> so if you are ever in Iceland, we highly recommend going to Vatnsjöllir Cave. And it's probably said way cooler in Icelandic. Vatnsjöllir. Vatnsjöllir. And, uh, oh, and you got some audio of dude singing, so we'll be sure to play that for you. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's listen right now. Uh, well, the nice thing about this cave, it's a lot bigger when you think, when you come in here the first time. And it has a sort of a, a perfect circular shape. It's like a, it's like a perfect circle. Uh, you can start by looking up here. You can see that balconies up here. I'll take a little turn. Still turning. Those balconies they form like a perfect circle surrounding the whole cave. Uh, we like to look at it like it's some sort of a concert hall, something like that. So, do we have a singer here in the group? <laughs> <laughs> uh, most most of the groups are asked. Doesn't matter, ten people, fifteen, twenty. Uh, it's uh, basically always the same feedback. Just yeah, silence. Uh, <laughs> uh, most groups they skip the singing part, so so yeah, you're safe, no worries. Um, should I do it? Should I sing for you guys? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm on the stage, right? So here we go. <clears throat> Let's see how it goes. I'm a little bit uh, sore in the throat today, but uh, yeah, here we go. It won't be long. It'll be short, but all right. Here we go. Nuerlag, nuerlag, kvikum nia elta, kvikum tau. Yeah! Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, well, now we have a singer. That concludes the tour. Thank you guys for coming. Uh, well, next we're going to go down to... To wrap up day nine, after we went to the caves, we, uh, oh, we had a beautiful lunch on the beach. Yep, by a lighthouse. By a lighthouse, and it was so cold down in the cave that it was really delightfully nourishing to have cooked on our little camper stove a vegan grilled cheese sandwich and yummy tomato soup. And just look out at the at the waves and at the beach and and then we went and explored. Well there were these all these big black rocks and I love all the rock hopping and climbing around. Oh yeah, so fun. And the tide pools. There's all these tide pools, but it's the Arctic water and so there's not like a bunch of anemone and starfish and little crabs and things you may normally see. It's just um plants. Yeah. Just plant life. Seaweed of sorts. Yeah, but it's like a whole sea garden in every single one. And I like finding, I've noticed that I do this, is I like to find little, like, perfectly scooped out places that are big enough, just the right size for my body to lay in. And you just chill in the <laughs> and rocks. And I just <laughs> shimmy on in there and I lay and I meditate and sleep and um, it's sort of like a form of earthing that I oh, get to definitely. do. Rocking. Yeah. But not like rockabye baby. It's like I just become one with the rocks. And these rocks are black and this beach is black. And so it absorbs all the heat. So even though it's in Iceland and, you know, windy and the air is cold, these, these rocks and sand are warm. 
Yep. And you found the tiniest starfish. Ever. Teeny, teeny, tiny. Like the size of a dime. Yeah. Little. So cute. That, that's my, that's like my only souvenir. Yeah. So then we, you know, we drove around. We were planning on seeing a performance at this art hostel, this famous art hostel called The Freezer. But by the time we got there, it turned out that there were no performances that day. It was a Sunday, and so they had nothing going on. And so we just drove on. We are like, all right, we're out. We're driving. But, you know, it was really great because we've been so mobile and so on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. That It was really, really great to spend three hours just, like, laying there. You went and visited a waterfall and yep. did some meditation and, you know, played in nature. And I got to just read a book. Such a novelty. I got to lay and read a book, and I took a nap. Midday, oh, it was just heavenly. And then where we were parked uh, was kind of like the entrance to these falls, and another car pulled up, and I was just, it was such goofy energy. Everything was so funny, and another car pulled up and parked right next to us. So I started bouncing up and down and shaking the whole van, and I was like, let's make them think we're humping! And Rachel was like so embarrassed. <laughs> oh my God, it was so embarrassing. He's just rocking the van every time people pulled up, making them think we were having sex. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, it was so good. So, yeah, then we drove we drove back closer to the city and found a great place to camp again. fantastic exciting day yes however for me it was a little bit bittersweet because it was the last day in our van before turning that sweet baby in we got to go and interview an amazing man yeah and you know just tying it back to the van because i still want to talk about the van. <laughs> i'm not even there yet but i still yeah, want so to talk about the it's van real for you it is very real for me and i you know i really i We'd been we've been sleeping in like ten hours every night, which is really luxurious. And so I really wanted to be really present with the van. And it was just like it had that, that sort of air and energy and feel to it all all morning and all day of like, oh, this is like the last breakfast we'll have in this van. Oh, this is the last time we'll put our sleeping bags away. You're like tearing up about it right now, practically. I know. Yeah, it was a really special time. Yeah, I feel like, you know, it was, we really like moved in and that was our home. It held us. It held us through this whole crazy adventure for days. And and it provided us, uh, you know, shelter and freedom. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, we can move on, but. But you're not quite ready to. Well, I, you know, I just, I love that fucking van. <laughs> and we never gave her a proper name because I was so uncertain of my Icelandic. I would have really wanted to give her, everything has names in Iceland. Yeah, and so I guess what I'm just trying to express is today, day 10, I savored every last drop of what it was like traveling around in a van with almost no possessions. Yeah, it's like indescribable yeah so i i soaked it all up 
So anyway, yeah, that contributes to the bittersweetness. And as well as, like, saying goodbye to the van, it was also, this was where we were transitioning into, like, humanity and civilization and society and culture and city life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So it was like we're, we were kind of shifting out of the elements and, and into functioning in the world of humans <laughs> yeah and it was a little it was a little transition there but we we did it so beautifully and i think that we really set ourselves up for success because we got to meet the most amazing man who'd been following our journey and was really honored with how we had documented everything yeah as soon as we parked to go interview Gunni gunnarsson who's a best-selling icelandic author and personal empowerment coach he greeted us in the parking lot with a giant hug. It was like we were old friends. Oh, yeah. Instantly, we were just uh, kismet. Yep. He said it was so cool to hear what he said that he'd never seen anybody do it quite like we did. Because we, in his words, we really let Iceland show ourselves to us. We, like, allowed the process. And we didn't do it fearfully. And we didn't, like you know, force the issue, but we we were just loving and kind to the place, and then she was kind to us. Yeah, and so we were welcomed by him into his beautiful studio uh, with all his equipment. He invented rope yoga. Yeah, it's kind of similar to a Pilates machine, but not so much with the the workout end of the exercise in mind, but more of like a yogic almost spiritual re- process of release and body, yeah. body awareness and presence and, and uh, core centering. Yeah, and so he and I really hit it off because of my bodywork background, and he has that out as well. And, um, you know, releasing trauma from the body releases emotional and spiritual trauma as well. So it was it was so profound, and he's so easy to be around. I mean, he's pretty much the Wayne Dyer of Iceland. He's pretty much zen. He's a pretty zened out guy. Oh, yeah. So it, it was easy. Um, We got to take the ease and gentleness and quietude of nature into this really beautiful studio space with the with the Zen master and it was a good transition great transition and so make sure to listen to the episode with Gudni Gunnarsson presence is power because he's that a beautiful one's awesome. man it's really good you're gonna want to check that out him all the time he's so sweet and actually I had told him I said because right after the interview we were scheduled to take the van back and i said oh yeah we gotta get going we gotta get the van you know back to the rental place i said i'm having some you know i'm grieving it and he said well you know the thing about grief is it's really about gratitude and so i of course know this also but it was great to really tap into how the the grief that i was experiencing and how much gratitude was also interwoven with that so yeah then we rushed off to get the van back we got it all gassed up and turned it back in in impeccable form and then it's kind of a a fun mad scamper adventure carrying all everything that we have with us through the airport and finding the bus station our and... leftover produce because we still had produce and stuff to get to our new our new <sighs> place we daniel got us an airbnb right in downtown Reykjavik. so we bust over and met our wonderful gracious hosts and uh settled in and the place was just gorgeous simple scandinavian design it was perfect yeah immaculately clean and felt like a palace oh compared to our humble van yeah so yeah and it was it was really great to be able to be in a home and move about a space and 
um, take a shower, know, take a shower, and cook food, and be you know leisurely on a couch and in a bed, and which there's this interesting thing too with the uh, taking a shower is all of Iceland their heat is geothermal and some of their water is geothermal like spring water. And so it has a bit of a sulfury smell. Just a little yeah. sulfury, just a little slippery in, in the texture. Yeah, smells like a hot spring. Yeah. So it just takes a moment to get used to having that inside the home. You're like, oh, wow, that's kind of weird. It smells like the hot spring in here, too. But that's Yeah, and I don't mind it in the shower or washing my hands. It kind of was uh, interesting brushing my teeth, having that fart smell all up in my mouth with my <laughs> toothpaste. But Pretty easy to get used to when oh. you think about... Well, what and like any kind of little trade-off like that for what a m- magical place that is is easy. Yeah, and so yeah, we settled in, and then we went for an evening stroll. Yeah, just explored the city a little bit, and uh, thanks to the wonderful midnight sun, it's still light enough to take photos pretty late into the night. Yeah, I think we went out around what nine o'clock was when we headed out. Yeah, maybe later. And uh, so all the shops were closed, but. But yeah, it's a really cool art city too. And so I got a bunch of photos of some awesome murals and street art around the city. Whew, it's a full day. I'm going to call know. it a night. I know. We got to get up early because we're going to elf school. Yeah. <laughs> so can't wait to tell you all about that. day 11 we are up and at it nice and early heading out to elf school today elf school is at a special session it's normally not even held on this day but he had enough requests so this is a special session day and we have no clue what to expect we've got a bit of a walk ahead of us yeah brisk cold walk but i'm told that on the other end of this walk we'll of course learn about elves but we'll also get pancakes so yeah we're gonna check this out this is gonna be really cool gosh <laughs> whoa we just spent all day like literally the entire day the whole day from 10 a.m to oh like 7 p.m yep with magnus skefartsen i'm not saying it right no, i apologize to all the icelanders <laughs> i really try here oh my god magnus he is the headmaster of, of the control. elf school. So we arrived at the elf school and kind of, there were no signs no, that said elf school. There no. was just a, a weird sign in Icelandic that we wouldn't have never known. No. But we found the place and we made it up the stairs to the... We go up two flights of stairs. To the location. And we knew we were in the right place the, when we saw the crazy elf and gnome statues on top of piles of books outside the outside door. the door, stacked with chairs. Uh, I mean, just outside the door of the office is like piles of who knows what. Who, yeah, there's like paintings stacked up. It looks like somebody's just moving in <laughs> right. or out. Right, moving in or moving out. You can't tell. There's boxes of books. There's a, a empty couple empty bookcases. Um, but it was the giant elves that tipped me off. I was yes, like, oh, we're here. We're, we're here. here. And we entered in. We go in the door, and then it's 
bursting at the seams with even more stuff. Everywhere. Every single wall Floor is a bookshelf. Boxes of books. And things and nick, like trinkets and knickknacks and fairies and elves and every single kind of like representation of elf or li- like little ghost or witch or it's like a curiosity shop mixed with maybe hoarders the show yeah <laughs> or like like a really weird yeah it's like a weird hoarder antique shop yeah because there's beautiful furniture and and artwork yeah and then a lot of books and papers. so many. Oh my gosh, so many books. And and things. Most of them are pretty cool because, you know, you peruse the bookshelves and they're all like, you know, mysteries of the unexplained, out-of-body experiences, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, really cool collection. All in Icelandic and in English. All the Icelandic sagas, like all anything you could think of. But like in one room, I think I counted like over 17 lamps. Yes, there's a lot of lamps. uh, Imagine that. Yeah. And we greeted Magnus, and he was just uh, so charming. hes I'm pretty sure he is an elf himself. He claims he's never seen any, but I think this dude has elfin blood. Yeah. He's a, he's a big guy. He's really tall and has the, these beautiful sparkly eyes and a big grin. And a big hearty laugh. Yep, and he got us all. Everybody was getting all registered. Um, and then, you know, he sent us up, upstairs another flight of stairs. Um, where there were a few rows of chairs, and then in the back of the room there were uh, stacks and stacks of other chairs piled high to the ceiling. And surrounded by even more books. This whole place almost looked identical to the one below. Even more bookshelves filled with books. And, and other, lamps. And lamps. There's a lot more lamps and elves. And we entered the room. We were all given our textbook. We had a elf stories and lore textbook that he has printed in both Icelandic and Oh, no. Icelandic, German, and English. French, too? Maybe French, too. Yeah. But we entered the room, and it was pretty full. There were, I'm going to say, almost 30 people. I think there were, like, 30 people there. Yeah, 20 of which were, like, these college... It was, like, a study abroad. Yeah, it was, like, a study abroad program. Yeah, a bunch of Canadian college students with their their chaperones and teachers. Yeah, yeah. And then a few other couples and people from yeah, Canadian all over the world. couple, and then some yeah, some other people. French woman, yeah. And so we're sitting there, and we're all kind of waiting, you know, like it's that the interesting semi anxious time, like before the thing starts, like everybody's just sitting there, like waiting for the show to begin. And in front of the class is this big wooden director's chair, this big gorgeous wooden director's chair, and kind of a, a rickety, rickety. fold up table. <laughs> And Magnus, who is a large man. Large. Tall and wide. Large. Yes, he's a large man. He's like, he could be like a football player. He walks into the room, and he sits on the table, and then sets all his books and papers on the chair next to him. And his glass of water on the chair next to him. And he proceeds to say, I'm Magnus I Kaufman. am Magnus Skeffardson. I am... 61 years old. 61 years old. And I'm crazier than you are. (laughs) (laughs) And starts laughing, and we're like, what the hell? (laughs) And it just set the tone for the rest of our experience there. So Magnus held center stage at class for almost five hours. About five hours. Yeah. And And we took a few breaks. Yeah, we took a couple breaks. We ate amazing pancakes. They're actually more of what um, an American would maybe consider a crepe. Yep. 
And some delicious bread. Oh, the best bread in Iceland, he says. And it was bomb. Coffee and tea. And this was all served by Magnus's loving husband. Yeah, of his like beloved. 16 or 18 years or something. No, they've been together for 27 years. Oh, 27 years. Yeah. So this, this couple, it was just so charming and interesting. And the class itself was really great. It was basically, the class consisted of basically Magnus telling stories out of his own recollection that he has personally acquired. Like, he's documenting, he's like an anthropologist, but an anthropologist of the paranormal. And he's documenting all of people's stories about elf encounters and mermaids and anything they can, but especially the elves. And so most of elf school was just that. It was him recalling and telling a story that was personally relayed to him. And then kind of answering some questions about, you know, how could this possibly be? And... Well, and the difference between elves and, and little people, elves and hidden people, fairies and nature spirits. And nature spirits. Yeah, what the difference between all these beings are. It was so interesting. And then the college kids had some, you know, typical college kid questions, some of which were great, some of which were ridiculous and completely off topic. Yep. And he was pretty funny in handling those. He he had no problem talking some shit to some kids. It was pretty great to witness. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he does this funny thing. He has this funny thing where after he, like, tells a joke or something or kind of throws a little curveball to the class. He does this like kind of like double finger like snap dance. He puts both his hands like, in the air and yeah. starts like snapping and like shaking around. And he, people started joining in and doing it too every time he did it. And this one kid just kept like throwing these total off-topic comments. Oh, it's so annoying. Just so- I mean, the other Canadian couple left, the German lady left. People just could not handle this one kid. And towards the end, started like and so then he like asks some he asks some random question about and like, gu- is just guns like, or something yeah. like not even related to elves right and then he's like I think you need to shut up and then he starts doing the snapping thing like smiling and laughing and snapping and, and all, all of his kids. classmates are like snapping along like yeah Oh my gosh, it was so funny. Oh, it was a riot. It was an absolute riot. Yeah, the class went on, I think, uh, hours longer than... It was a full hour over what it was said to be. Yeah, yeah. So, um... And he still didn't want it to end. He didn't want anybody to go. No, people would get up and leave, and he's like, what the hell is this? Where do you think you're going? And he would call him like, like, what are you, some kind of unsocial asshole? (laughs) What an unsocial asshole are you? And then they'd be like, um, I don't know how to respond to that. He, My family's he would like, here to pick me up. I gotta yeah. get going. And then he would just kind of like laugh. And be like, oh, no, 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 I'm just kidding. Come take a selfie with me. Come on. <laughs> anyway, Magnus is great. He's our new best friend. And, yeah. Um, and he's a real wealth of knowledge. Like, this guy. Not just on elves, but on all kinds of topics. What a wild personal story, too. And so we have a full episode with Magnus. And you're really going to want to listen to that one. So that'll be Elf School. You're going to want to check out the Elf School episode with with Magnus. We had the first real heartbreaking, tragic, breathtaking experience that we have not ever had happen on the show before. And that was, uh, he had agreed to do an interview with us. After Elf School. After Elf School. So this was set up months ago prior to us even going to Iceland. And so... We were really excited. We knew we would stay after, so we just waited and enjoyed the whole show. And we went back down into the room with the 17 lamps, and the wind was howling. And, you know, we didn't mind because it was just such a cool interview. And All this travel log up to this point had been done with my little digital audio recorder that I've had for several years, and it's really been trusty and done me well because I didn't want to lug my big laptop and, like, microphone around. It's good. Yeah, pocket size. But, you know, so here's a little foreshadowing. 
right before we leave the apartment for the day, uh, Daniel notices that this little trustworthy apparatus wouldn't turn off. He's like, oh, I can turn it on, but it won't, it won't turn off. And I'm like, well, can't you just, like, take the battery out or whatever? He's like, yeah, but it's, like, weird. And so that was the plan, is that it, we would just, you know, take the battery out until it was time to use it and then put the battery back in to conserve the battery. And uh, this is just a testament, folks. Listen to your inner voice. Because my inner voice said, well, let's just bring the laptop. And I didn't say that. My inner voice said, don't trust this little thing that's malfunctioning. And I didn't say that either. And, you know, we were up earlier than we'd been all, all week, and so we were ready to get out the door, and we had some, you know, ways to walk. And Anyway, nonetheless, I didn't listen. And then I kind of had just a pinch of it, too, because I was like, should I just bring my laptop? But it's like, we're going to be walking, I don't know, maybe like five miles to get to the elf school. And I just didn't feel like lugging my laptop in, in the shoulder bag all the way across the city, which really would have been no big deal. But I was like, oh, well, I brought the little portable one for this reason. Anyway, foreshadowing. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we, uh, we're pretty much recording the most epic podcast ever. We're probably like 45 minutes in, half an hour, 45 minutes in. Yep. And um, for a long time, I had been getting this hit to like check the recorder, but I I don't know how to work the recorder. I've never turned it on or off, and so has been Daniel's thing. And so um, I keep hearing check the recorder, and I'm like, it's fine. I'll just I don't want to interrupt this epic flow. And we were talking about the most incredible things ever, and I actually flash had these like flashbacks. The way that the divine was trying to get my attention is. Daniel and I actually went to one of our favorite podcasts, which is Oh Yeah Dude, so check them out. It's like one of our favorite uh, comedy podcasts. We went and saw them live in Seattle. What's up, Seth and Jonathan? Seatbelts. We love you! Seatbelts! So we went and saw them live in Seattle. Halfway through their show... Jonathan's like, oh shit, the show wasn't recording. On his laptop. And so then Seth just like freaks out and they're like oh my god this has never happened before the show's never not been recorded and like fuck that was some epic material we were doing so good it was so funny and the crowd's going wild and then turns out they actually the the theater does their own recording so they were able to get this backup recording but for some reason that image keeps flashing in my mind i keep hearing check the recorder check the recorder oh and then I and then I have this memory of being there live and their shit not recording. And then that memory flashes again, and I'm like, why is this? Just check the recorder. So then I do, about 45 minutes in, and none of it is recorded. The little red light that should be on is no longer on. So I just mid-sentence reach over, grab the recorder, scoot it across the table over to Daniel, and then we're all just like, fuck. Oh, I couldn't believe it. Didn't even it. fucking record. It got like six minutes. God, it was so good. He was talking about his kids and how he got him from Africa and his relationship and how he saved the whales and like he went to jail and he's a vegan and like, oh my God, it was so good. But you know what we did get in that first six minutes is we got some candid before the show banter and it's gold. And so I think I'm going to put that in right now. Okay. Ask me some clever questions. I'll do my best. You are one of the most positive men I meet. Oh, really? That's great. Yeah, that's great. The world would be good with people like you. 
Yeah, we, we do a lot of work to do I that. I can hardly imagine him as a punk rock negative person. I had a good sense of humor even then, but yeah, uh, yeah I was looking to break everything. Everything. <laughs> Your parents must be proud of you today. Mm. Nah, they They're don't know too me. Christian. They don't like that he's into all this woo-woo stuff. They don't understand me. They've never understood me. When I grew up, I felt like I was an alien, born into the wrong family. And that's made me who I am a little bit. I had to find out who I am. The wrong family. That's how I wrong felt. Wrong species. Yep, that's how wrong I felt. Wrong time. And my, yeah, my sisters don't relate. My parents don't relate. My whole, my whole family, like, But what do you about your colleagues in school? You must relate to some of them. Oh, I've had so many good friends. And anymore, not so much. I have a few friends that I've known since, since the punk rock days, since I was a teenager. But uh, yeah, it comes in waves. My friend, my friend is like a my friends is a wave. I get a lot of friends, and then they all kind of fade out, and then I get a lot of friends, and they all fade out. It comes over and over. Probably then you must be very busy doing a lot of things. Constantly, I'm an artist in all ways, so I create all the time. Podcasts, and then I like go through a phase of visual art and painting and sculpting, and I taught myself to tattoo and did my own tattoos. And he built he built our home. I'm a carpenter. I built, yeah. Always making, 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 creating all the time. Non-stop. You're good together. Mm-hmm. Very. Better <laughs> together than separate. Yeah. Yes. You're so lucky having each other. Yeah. Yes. Indivi- our individual strengths. Without each other, we're a little, we're both good, but a little scattered. A little like... Yeah, we keep each other focused. Yeah. What did you expect from the elf school? What did I expect? Yes. To learn about elves. Did you learn about elves? So I did. What did you expect from school? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the same. I I got exactly what I expected. I expected some uh, local stories, some specific yeah. specific stories that uh, real people had and shared. You know what? If I wouldn't have collected these stories the last 40 years, more than half of the witnesses is dead now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these my stories are much more interesting than all the fairy tale collection you can get in the country. Yeah. And they are they are checked again and again. Anyway, ask me a question, let's have it for both. So you want to introduce? You want to do this thing formal? This yeah, let's do it formal. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so we'll do the present thing first. Okay, yeah. so what I like to do is I like to do a presencing so that we're all on the same frequency. You open to that? Okay, so you can close your eyes if it feels comfortable for you. Wait a second. We'll <sighs> take my clothes off. Sort of like a, it's almost like a prayer of sorts, right? Okay, so um, feeling the length of your spine, feeling your feet on the earth, connecting above and below. Allowing ourselves to be held in this sacred container, this bowl of safety and security and love. And taking a deep breath down into our bellies. (sighs) We now call on all the angels and the archangels and the Elohim and the ascended masters, all of the elementals and the beings that want to be here in service to our time. All of the beings that want their story to be told. Knowing that we are the medicine. That what we have to share and what we have to offer is enough. It is more than enough. And that the perfect people will be hearing 
what we have to share. And so I bless this time, I bless our circle, I bless each one of us. Let us be filled with even more holiness. Amen. That's good. So now you've been introduced to Magnus's world, and you saw a tiny little bit of what we missed. And he is hilarious. So then uh, now our day has gone on even longer, and we're tired and we're hungry. You know, all we've had to eat for the day was a couple of pe- these delicious pancakes, pancakes and, bread. and bread, like, at breakfast time. Getting um, hangry, and I'm also thinking I'm going to go get a tattoo. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get this tattoo tonight. But yeah. that didn't happen, because Magnus was cool enough <sighs> to spend more time with us. Yeah, he loved hanging out with us, too. Yeah, we're like besties. He loved hanging out with us, so... He's like, I'll just drive you. We'll do the re- we'll do the recording over at your place. He had some other event he needed to go to, and he kept putting that off and pushing it back and pushing the time back. And he's like, I can give you an hour. So yeah, so we uh, we pile into his his car, which is also bursting at the seams with <laughs> boxes, boxes of books and yeah. papers and things, <laughs> and so we're scooching things around. And uh, we both have to, Daniel and I both have to sit in the back seat, squished together. Oh, it's hilarious! And we get to the apartment. And, um, yeah, and we recorded another episode that is equally phenomenal. I'm yes. going to say it's equally good. Oh. It's different, which is always always the interesting thing because nothing can ever happen the same way twice. No, ever. We, no, but we get to share a lot of his story and cover some of the similar material and other things, you know, transpired and evolved. Yeah, and it's really good. So check yes. out check out Magnus's interview. And um, wow. Yeah, and by by the end of all that, we were like spent. We were just spent and pretty tired. And I was still super hungry. And it's late, too. And everything closes early. So we're like, okay, where can we get food? We just rush out into the city. And uh, a few blocks down, we find a little um, noodle shop. We, like, stumble into a noodle house right before they close. Oh, my God. I mean, they started packing up the chairs as soon as we sat down with our noodles. And so scarfed down our noodles, got warm, got full. We weren't hangry anymore. Yeah. Uh, we weren't, like, totally in that space of shit that recording was so good because we had a new one under our belts now yeah yeah and uh and what we have scheduled for tomorrow is uh is fun we get more magnus yeah he wants to while we were here it, it came to light that we actually had some brushes with the the supernatural the paranormal we had uh met some hidden people like we shared earlier in our travel log so You've probably already heard that story, and if not, go listen to it. Anyway, so he we shared this story with him, and he wants to interview us for his documentary that he's creating. Yeah. And he's been getting accounts for the last 30 years all over the world. So he had to arrange with uh, his videographer and get all that set up and recorded. So tomorrow morning... We're all set. We're set to go get picked <laughs> up and go back to elf school. Yeah, Magnus is going to pick us up in the morning. And, and he'll interview us. So, woo! Full day. Very full day. Elves, paranormal, supernatural, the divine, yummy pancakes, and... And technical malfunction. Yeah, it was really a full and incredible day. And a lot of laughs. Oh my gosh, non-stop. Non-stop laughs. Even, even when things were getting kind of annoying, there was always a little bit of a sense of humor about it. About like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening! <laughs> And, you know, the other cool thing about Magnus is he exposed us to a lot of the culture that we would not have been exposed to. He shared a oh, lot yeah. about about 
you know, Iceland's history, about the language, about the people, the politics. about the politics. Uh, we talked a lot about like gender equality and gay rights and animal rights and... Oh, just his story alone about how he became a vegetarian, that's so powerful. Yeah, and you know, they, this, is a, this is a country that's never had um, a military, they've never had... Uh, there's only two prisons on the whole, in the whole country. And I think what we call prisons, they're just more like jails. Well, yeah, it's like a jail. It's like a jail. I don't think they even have prisons with like the big barbed wires and watchtowers. No, they just and... have a little like local county jail. Yeah. And, you know, the school is free, healthcare is free. So it was really, you know, amazing to hear that they modeled a lot of their society after Finland and Denmark, Denmark and Sweden. Denmark and Sweden and, you know, these more progressive areas, so... Anyway, yeah, you'll have definitely check out the episode because there's a lot to learn. There's a lot. It was awesome. And Magnus is fantastic. I could just listen to him talk all day, which we did. Yep. <laughs> so we'll be back with him in the morning. end of day 12. This is our last night in Iceland. It was our last day. And it was a super full one yet again. Really full. Well, any day with Magnus is full. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't spend all day with Magnus today, but we did go back over to Elf School, get interviewed, and uh, that was fun. Yeah, his videographer was really a cool guy. Yeah. yeah that guy's great. Friends on Facebook. Yep. He knows all the Reykjavikadeider chicks. He, so. He's in with the Icelandic music scene. Yep. After we got interviewed for the documentary about our paranormal experiences... I cried on it. He, I think he really liked that. Oh, crying scold. Everybody knows that crying scold. <laughs> and I got some laughs with my tale of being visited by Kurt Cobain's ghost. Yep. Which might come up at some other time. But then I went and uh, went to Reykjavik Inc., which is uh, the most popular tattoo shop in Reykjavik. And I'd been researching... This idea of getting a token tattoo, I did want something to commemorate the travels and the journey because this process has been so transformational and truly life-changing. You know, the phrase gets thrown around a lot, but this has really changed my life and the way that I look at myself and the world. So I wanted a little small tattoo, and I wanted it to be Icelandic in nature that would always remind me of that. So after doing a lot of research... I finally arrived at the decision of a symbol called the Vegvisir, which is a runic compass. And it is an old seafarer Viking symbol that symbolizes that the, the carrier of this symbol will never get lost, even in unfamiliar territories. And so I obviously, because I think in this way, take it to be much more than just in the physical realm of even in traveling in unfamiliar spiritual territories, uh, you will never get lost or go down the wrong path. So, got my tattoo from an American. So we bonded and like talked about all that. He was a export from America and now has a family in Iceland and really loves it there. So that was pretty great. And now I proudly have a piece of Iceland with me all the time. Yeah, and I I sure like Reykjavik. It's it's pretty mellow. Um, and a lot of really beautiful boutiques and shops. Some and, real high-end fashion. Yeah, high-end fashion and a lot of really colorful buildings. And you got some great shots of 
you know, they got a great graffiti culture. Yeah. Murals everywhere. Yeah, like whole building side, like whole giant multi-story buildings, all with real pro murals on them. Yeah, it's like they really support that form of art. Yeah. Artistic expression. Yeah, so, you know, just taking in the, you know, the sights and the sounds and the smells and the, the look of everything and the way that it feels, every city feels different, and just really absorbing that and seeing the faces. Uh, yeah. The Icelandic have a, a particular look about them. They'll even, <laughs> the Icelandic people will even joke about it and say that they're all inbred because they really all came from the same stock that at some times in history, because of volcanic activity, had been reduced to like 30,000 people. So like all the descendants in Iceland now came from 30,000 people. So there's a certain amount of crossing over that everybody's genes go back to this same pool, you know? Yeah. It's pretty cool. And then we headed over to the Dick Museum. Uh, you actually heard that correct. <laughs> the Dick Museum. It is the Phallological Museum, yeah, to be seriously, precise. Yeah, but seriously, it's the Phallological Museum. And it was just something we had to do. I mean, when do you get a chance to do that? And it was right around the corner from our place. Right. And actually, I have a friend who had traveled to Iceland uh, years ago, and she said, if you go there, if, if you go to Iceland, check out this place. And I thought, oh, haha, whatever. You and know? then she put this photo of herself next to this giant, like, seven-foot-tall wooden totem pole dick carving. <laughs> and and I, uh, I thought, well, I'm not going to necessarily, like, put it on the roster, but, you know, we'll see what happens. And then, and then it, it happened, it was right around the it corner. It was right around the corner, so we're like, well, you we gotta go. And they have dicks and penises, cocks, from uh, pretty much every... All kinds of animals. ...species on the planet. Yeah. Everything whale, from, like... Whale, like, a lot of whale dicks. A lot of whale dicks. Big whale dicks and, like, big formaldehyde jars. dicks. And there's an elephant dong. Yep. And then there's, like, raccoon penis bones and... Oh, all the... Yeah, a lot of penis bones. There was even a... Wait for it. Human schlong... Wasn't the most impressive specimen, but uh, let's not judge. I mean, right. come on, they donated their their wang to the museum to the cause. Yeah, and all kinds of other artwork and yeah, some completely ridiculous, some actual like kind of higher end art. Yeah, and then to the penis. some like ancient artifacts too, where the the penis was really, you know, the masculine member was was glorified, like little fertility statues mm -hmm. and sculptures, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and these other things that look like maybe the earliest um, form of like a like a dildo. Yeah, pretty sure. You know, it was like a wooden or stone, stone very phallic, phallic shapes, shape. very smooth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that happened. <laughs> and Rachel got a twinsy photo right next to the same giant hugging. penis totem pole, hugging it. Yep. And it was actually like quite popular on Facebook. So many people Stirred got a up riot a lot of comments. out of the, the Dick Museum. So that happened. We had to do it. And, and then, then, in total flip contrast, then we went to church. Then we went to this amazing church that Reykjavik is famous for. It's the, uh, I'm going to do my best here, the Hallgrimskirkja. 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 It's pretty good. Pretty good. I think you're that Icelandic. And to blend it in even more and tie these things together, 
the church itself, the architecture is is pretty phallic. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's just one pillar, tall, tapered, tapered at the top, and like a skyscraper. It's the tallest building in all of Reykjavik, and. It's really gorgeous. It's just so gorgeous. This kind of modern architecture. It's a pretty modern church, but they kept the the ancient cathedral vibes. There's huge tall ceilings and like giant stained glass windows. So beautiful. But also with that similar Scandinavian style, like it's very minimalistic in its elegance. It's not, which of course I love. You got to check out that episode too. Um, Yeah, it it doesn't have a ton of like the scrolling. Uh, swirling. Right. There's no filigree, no excess ornamentation. Everything's very Clean like, lines. sleek and modern. And we went in there and it just instantly had such a great presence about it without even saying anything to each other at all. We just both kind of dipped into our own prayerful, prayerful and meditation state. And um, after I kind of came out of that, it's been quite a time there. I was just enthralled by the organ. The pipe organ in this church is absolutely incredible it is like i'm gonna say that some of the pipes are like 60 feet tall these huge bass pipes are 60 feet tall and it's put together so artistically that like the pipe organ assemblage is a sculpture it's totally a sculpture and there are some information about it there that this pipe organ has 5250 individual pipes and notes that it plays it's incredible so i just stared at that little engineering marvel for a long time yeah, if you're ever in the city, definitely check out the church. It's kind of like a must-do. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Yeah. And we walked around the city. We explored a little more. We had a beautiful little quaint lunch. Oh, it was very healthy. Oh, I love that place. Yeah. Yeah, that was delicious. We had these like, lentil burgers, but different than you would think. And like beet soup. Yeah, oh, it was so good. Yeah, just filling and hearty. So even though, for the most part, You'll even maybe read some things in uh, if you're researching travel to Iceland. It says it's not very vegetarian-friendly, but we had a fine time being vegan, and especially in the city, there were dining options. We could we could eat many places. Yeah, tons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we just continued all around and looking at the shops and going in places that sparked our fancy. Yep, there was a wonderful music store that had musical instruments from all over the world, and we stopped and played in there for quite some time. The shop owner was very friendly. And then... We made our way all the way down to the waterfront and found Harpa. 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 Which is one of the most recent additions to the downtown Reykjavik area. And it is the music and cultural hall and center. So it's like a performance hall with many different stages and venues and uh, lecture facilities and, you know, like a cube 360 degree video experience, like IMAX style thing. But... The most striking thing about it is the architecture. It is super ultra-modern. The first thing you see is just, like, a massive expanse of these colorful windows. Yeah, it's like a honeycomb geometry. Yeah, so it's not just a single pane. There's, like, cells. It's like a cellular beehive honeycomb look to the windows themselves that are actually the wall. And they all have a little bit of iridescent kind of colors to them so it's supposed to be reminiscent of the northern lights well and actually in the nighttime it will the the different panes will light up and change color to mimic the, the northern lights so it's a massive display and the architecture in this place is just stunning it's so nice and lovely and 
There's so many cool spaces to explore in there. Well, and it was also inspired by the basalt columns. Yes. Which are, yeah, the similar shape. There's a lot of the black concrete in there that is the basalt column tie-in. Yeah, and the black sand. And so there's just these massive open spaces. There's little places you can sit on, like, padded benches and stuff. And we crashed out. We oh, took, took a nap. took a nap there. Yep. And I'm so glad that we stumbled upon that because it was on the list of something that I wanted to be able to see. But, you know, it being our, our last day, you know, we do what you can. And so that was really like a, a last gem of a find. Like, oh, great. Here it is. Awesome. Yeah. And I didn't even know it was here. And now we get to do it. The, the church was sort of that way, too. It was like, oh. Yeah, we just turned the corner. Like, oh, it's right here. Great. Here it is. We're doing it. Good. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, it was just incredible. We walked back through the city and made our way to our apartment. And then, as we got home, back to our little apartment, a little ruckus and commotion started building outside. Yeah. there We started to see a, a crowd gathering right outside our window. And there's, like, some bagpipes going on. Yep, bagpipes. I thought, oh, maybe they're having, like, a memorial or a celebration. And Because, they're... mind you, one of Iceland's two jails was literally right across the street from our apartment. Yeah, it was little, too. It was just, like, a little building. It didn't even look no, ominous I, we, or we scary or anything, you know? The only reason we knew is because Magnus pointed it out. Yeah. So, that's the jail. Okay. Um, And, and their police presence is, like, non-existent. I don't, I don't even... I think we only saw one cop the whole time we were even in the city. And I barely even saw it. I don't even know if it was a cop. No, and we didn't see any when we were out driving Ring Road. So, yeah, and nothing was marked that this is, you know, public jailhouse or anything. Right. Yeah, so this uh, this little bit of a mob starts to form outside the jail. And they're playing the bagpipes, and there's, a you know, maybe like eight people putting up this huge banner, this big sign on the fence. And we couldn't quite read it from where we were. No. And then they were like drumming and doing some bucket drumming and some all kinds of other different noisemakers. And makers. different chanting and they were singing different songs and there was some call and response happening and then people would get on a, a megaphone and say things. People would get on, they had an amp with a mic and they'd get on the mic and they would talk about things. It was kind of hard to make out. And then... They had, with the megaphone, there's like a little siren setting, and so they started blasting the siren setting. And Daniel and I couldn't tell. We thought, I mean, is this a siren that's going off in the city? Is this like a warning? Uh, you know, we're so conditioned in, in the U.S. that, like, I, I heard the sirens, and I thought, oh my god, there's going to be like a swarm of cops. Right, like coming from all angles. From all angles to stop this, this protest. Um, or... Maybe there's like they're calling an ambulance just in case shit goes down. So we we were like so on edge when really this was such a a peaceful, harmless demonstration. And it took me a little while to connect the dots. And then I was like, wait a minute, the the siren stopped. Oh, now that dude's like giving a speech in a microphone, and now the siren's back on again. I was and like, oh, so the, the protesters guys, are doing the siren. They're wow. Making the, so they're basically making as much noise as possible. This went on for. Over an hour. And they were chanting, let Kids them free, let them free. Yep. And then they had a chant. I'm wondering what this is all about because they started chanting, no borders, no nations, stop deportation. Over yeah. and over and over again. And then they would chant, let them free, let them free. Yep. After maybe an hour, hour and a half, without one single police officer ever showing up at the scene or any cop car even driving by nobody in from inside coming outside then the crowd just kind of dispersed and went like, on their way oh, all right time for dinner all Bye. Right. see you guys tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing if that was in the u.s 
people probably would have been shot and beat down and tear gassed and like. Or at least you have to stand in the clearly marked free speech zone. Right. Or you, somebody else, more people would be getting handcuffed and taken to jail. Maced. Maced. And the news, a news crew would probably show up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was right at the bus station, too. Across the street was this big, huge bus port, and so people were, more and more people kept coming over. It was great. Yeah, it was wild. It, it felt really, healthy. Felt It felt like a really healthy demonstration. So, it was pretty awesome and pretty big contrast after we spent so long really just out in the expansive nature that we interacted with very few people other than each other. That then coming back into the city and experiencing some of what Rudekovic has to offer, which is really a metropolitan city, and it's it's awesome. It has good energy. And get this, I know we touched on it a little bit earlier, there are zero homeless people. None. Nobody's in any doorways. Nobody's, like, panhandling you for spare change. None. And even though there's graffiti everywhere, it's done really beautifully. There's not, like... Well, most of it. <laughs> Well, but there, you know, there's not that whole thing where people are just like tagging people's cars and like shop windows and shit. Right, right. There's, there's like some ethics involved it seemed, and the city is really clean. Super. There's clean. not garbage. Yeah, not like gum all over the street and like trash in the gutters. Yeah, it was great. It's a great place. It's a great city. So, it is with only the tiniest bit of remorse that we wrap up this experience. And uh, we fly out real early in the morning. Yeah, and you know, it's really my intention to take everything that I've learned on this trip back home with me and figure out how to integrate this transformation and how to integrate what it was like to be in nature and in the elements and in a land that I didn't know into my everyday life. Because it was so, it's so transformational and so powerful. And I'm different. Yeah, me too. It gave me an entirely different perspective on trusting myself, on knowing that I am always supported and taken care of, and really leaning into that, uh, listening to the inner voice of what's around the next corner, take that turn, you know, without having everything super regimented and planned, of just knowing that even in, like my tattoo symbolizes, even in unfamiliar territory, I will not get lost, I will not be led astray. You're always safe. Yeah. It's an amazing feeling. Yeah, I love Iceland. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, I'm really happy to be sharing our journey with you, uh, our travel log here, and we'll we're already planning our next trip back. Yeah, I yeah. want everybody to experience it, and yeah, just when you go, be sure to be really respectful of the land and leave everything better than you found it. Yep, and the culture, and uh, just soak it all in because yeah. it's a, it's a different kind of place. Yeah. So, we bid you farewell. Thank you for joining our journey. I feel like you've been with us this whole time. And we look forward to doing more of these travel logs as we journey out to more places of the world coming up this summer. Yeah, and we can include some of the photos, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Maybe I'll, like, uh, put a link to some of our photo albums. Oh, yeah, the link to the album. Great. I'll put put some links to the to the photo album and you can scroll through and see all the photos of our trip. Yeah, you can maybe look at them while you listen to this. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Enjoy that. We love you so much. See you soon. Yeah, join us on our next trip.
thank you so much for traveling with us. It has been a, an absolute joy to share this experience with you. It was a joy to create this and partake in all of the magic and wonder of Iceland. And if you really enjoyed this one, stay tuned because coming up, we will have a European adventure travelogue that's going to be really amazing. So if you like this kind of programming, let us know. Reach out and let us know. As always, dive deep and check out all of the other amazing episodes we have where we interview leaders in health, wellness, and spirituality from around the globe. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a review. Write, write a comment. That always helps us out. Yeah, and since the release of the first travel log, we've gotten quite a bit of feedback saying that people really like it. And so this is something that we're going to be offering. And so your feedback really helps. Yeah, it dictates what we do with this program. We are listener-powered and listener-supported. Ways that you can do that. You can show support to the show, obviously, through social media. Drop all the likes, write all the comments, and share. Push that share button. Share it with all your friends. Uh, tell all your friends about the show. Let everyone know that this is a new kind of podcast that you found. It's inspiring and uplifting, still funny. Yeah, and, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah, and you totally love it. And also, of course, you can contribute with financial support. This is through Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And Patreon is a service that allows media creators to receive sponsorships. So you become a patron of the arts. You'll find it at patreon.com slash ecstatic existence. You can also follow the link included in this podcast. Become a monthly subscriber, a monthly donor. And your pledge... No matter how small, $1, $1,000, doesn't matter. Yeah, it really helps keep us going. Helps us pay for the bandwidth, the hosting, the posting, and all of the time that goes into this beautiful program. We thank you so much for being a part of our family. The network is growing every single week. Keep the love alive, and catch us next time. <laughs>